Hello, in this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I'm going to be driving not only the fastest car I've ever had on Gareth Jones on Speed, but probably the fastest car I will ever have on Gareth Jones on Speed. And it sounds like this. <laughs> Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, which starts with a whoop because, frankly, I am a happy buddy because the car I'm driving in this episode is an Aston Martin V12 Vantage S and it's the manual seven-speed version of the car, which means I've got me hands full. But luckily, the British road system is helping me out here because the time is currently 20 past five and I've been driving from my home in northeast London to where I am now which is on the M4 just the other side of Heathrow and it has taken an hour and three quarters nearly two hours for me to get here so I've been you know trickling along very slowly and not been able to get all crossed up in an overtly powerful sporting GT at all. In fact, at the moment we're doing 34 miles per hour because there is a 40 mile per hour limit, which I'm enjoying or enduring in what is a magnificent car. This is only the second Aston Martin I have ever driven and they're both V12s. The first one I drove was a V12, the old DB V12, whatever it was called. Actually, I've just remembered I've driven three Aston Martins. I drove an old V8, the Aston Martin V8S from the 1970s, like the one that Roger Moore had in the Persuaders. A friend of mine has owned one since the 70s. It was her mother's car and she inherited it. She keeps it in the garage in the back of the farm where she lives and let me blast around North Wales in it a few years ago, very satisfying. But this is a very different experience driving the V12 Vantage. Oh, it's a lot of car. It's a 5.9 litre V12 with, I think, around 530 brake horsepower in Aston's smallest car. The Vantage is the smallest body that they do. And what a lovely noise it makes. You can't really hear it at the moment. It's very visceral. It has a rawness to it, which isn't like sort of this screaming hysteria of a Ferrari V12. Neither is it like the throaty bludgeon of a Corvette V8. It has a sort of refinement to it, but it has a wildness to it, which I'm trying to think, who is it? You know, if it was a person, who would it be? Kind of utterly wild, but very refined at the same time. Your suggestions, please, on a postcard to Gareth Jones, doing now at 65 miles per hour on the M4, heading west. Yeah, I'm going to Wales, woohoo! I'm always going to Wales, aren't I? I do go to Wales a lot for lots of reasons. I'm from there. 
and I work there a lot and I have lots of friends there and it's a great place to go if you want to go driving but I'm going to a car factory in Wales well it's not really a car factory yet but it's going to be a car factory as you know Aston Martin searched around for somewhere to build their latest model the DBX and they decided that they were going to buy it in Wales perhaps because they got help from the Welsh Government I don't know perhaps because they found a suitable building that they could move into without any issue and that building is a super hangar yeah really that's what it was called a super hangar in St Athen which is in Glamorgan I always thought Glamorgan shouldn't be in Wales it should actually be in Scotland what part of Wales are you from I'm from Glamorgan oh you've been roaming in the Glamorgan that's what it sounds like I think the Pythons actually had a sketch about that a thousand years ago what part of Wales are you from ah Glamorgan Aye. but they've chosen a super hangar at St Athen what used to be an RAF base later an MO oh there's the engine you hear it yeah we, we stopped so I was able to blip it at low speed there's quite a lot of road noise when you're traveling in this car which um, covers up the sound of the lovely engine so it's only when you're sitting still or traveling very 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 slowly do you actually hear the engine I took my son Tycho for a drive in the car earlier on he kept looking behind me thinking there was another car behind us I said no that's us V12 short pipes big noise it makes a proper noise this car doesn't it a really proper noise sorry I interrupted myself in the words of Murray Walker St Athen used to be an RAF base later an MOD base in Wales and Aston Martin have decided to move into an enormous hangar there a hangar big enough to accommodate a number of VC10s I believe I don't know how many but they'll be able to build cars there um, the event I'm going to takes place tomorrow but I thought rather than panic driving from my house to there early in the morning I would come over the night before and stay with my friend Ruth who lives absurdly close to St Athen like five minutes away or perhaps one microsecond away if you're in this car because it goes quite quickly this car yeah uh, I said at the top of the show that not only is this the fastest car I have ever driven this is probably the fastest car I will ever drive its official top speed is 205 miles per hour 205 miles per hour is that enough do you think do you think that's enough performance it probably is I don't think I'm going to get even well I know I'm not even going to get halfway to that because of course I wouldn't dream of driving faster than the national speed limit in the United Kingdom which is 70 miles per hour of course it's not an easy car to drive at low speeds this because the gearbox first gear is a dog leg first yeah you have to push it left and pull back first is in the bottom left hand corner directly opposite reverse and then you dog leg up forward and right to get second so I'm in third at the moment but the once you get going it's all right but those lower gears are 
something that you have to adapt to. And I've only been driving this car for less than two hours, so I'm still adapting. The gearbox isn't sort of Lotus, snickety, snickety, lightweight, clickety. It's a bit more stalwart. I think that's the right word, stalwart. You've got to be quite positive with it. It's quite clicky, quite notchy. It's probably all right. It's just probably something you need to adapt to, and I am adapting to it. I haven't made any terrible mistakes yet, but it does require a bit of concentration. So driving at low speeds isn't easy because it's quite a heavy old clutch, as you would expect if you've got a 530 brake horsepower car. You're going to need a big old clutch. So you have to use quite a lot of strength in your left leg. That's not a complaint. That's just a statement of fact. You've got a car like that, you want to be able to muscle it around because this really is a muscle car. It's a short muscle car. I don't know what the figures are, but it's not a big car. It's not terribly wide. It is wide, but not terribly wide. Not unnervingly wide. And I tell you what, it thrills you just walking up to it it's black by the way as you will have seen in the picture for this car it is deliciously black there's a sort of hint of another color behind the black as well some sort of redness to it oh so bloody do you know what i mean bloody black or black bloody an interesting darkness to it and i like that and do you know what? When I got dressed for the car, I thought, it's uh, an Aston. I better dress like Daniel Craig. <laughs> really, really, I really did. I've got blonde hair at the moment. So, you know, if you were standing 500 miles away from me, and you had a telescope, you think, oh, is that Daniel Craig in the Aston Martin? So I put on a nice jacket and a pair of jeans. Although he does wear a suit rather than jeans, doesn't he? So I thought, you know, dress for the occasion. I'm going to a big ceremonial event tomorrow. Carwyn Jones, the first minister of Wales, I believe could be there. So I thought, I better dress up, because he's the boss, if you're a Welshman. I do acknowledge that Theresa May is the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. But, as a Welshman, Carwyn Jones, he's a Jones feels like one of my own if, whereas Theresa May feels like she's some sort of alien from another world sorry so Carwin's there I'm dressed up so I'm dressed like Daniel Craig because this is the full James Bond this car isn't it an Aston Martin it's got all sorts of grillage on the bonnet which my smaller of my two sons Indigo asked me if that's where the machine guns or the lasers popped up from probably right don't know if this car has an ejector seat I'll tell you what the seats are nice proper sports seats they have suede as the covering so I'm held firmly superb side bolstery great control and interesting the controls for the seat aren't on the right hand side of the car they're not on the door they're on the central tunnel so they're nicely accessible if you're driving the car with your right hand which you do if you're right-handed holding the steering wheel 
the left hand you can trim the position of the seat which I think I finally got to a compromise position in a car like this you like to sit low with the front of the seat high you know like you're sitting in the seat rather than on it and give me lots of support for my thighs as they work the heavy clutch and the the brake pedal which is connected to carbon ceramic brakes I've never had a car with carbon ceramic brakes I don't think before unless that black series coupe I drove to Belgium a few years ago unless that had carbon ceramic brakes but I tell you what I was expecting the brakes to have no feel than being carbon ceramic but no they're great they work like proper brakes and my heavens they stop the car when you come to that 10 to 0 part of braking that final bit boom they stop it there's absolutely no graduality there upper speed braking is nice and gradual but that low speed stuff is stop you have stopped no arguments about it but lo and behold the traffic has opened up a little bit now and I'm now enjoying riding along at 69 miles per hour perfect as a Ford Focus pulls up in front of me so I shall continue to be doing 69 miles per hour in the Aston Martin this is Gareth Jones on speed in an Aston Martin and I'm enjoying myself a lot and I haven't even got to Wales yet imagine how much fun I'm gonna have there woohoo the name's on speed Gareth Jones on speed you know what I'm still not in Wales and until about five minutes ago it seemed as if I wasn't even going to get into Wales no nothing terrible has happened with the car it's just that I was driving along and I realized my wallet wasn't in my back pocket so I pulled over at the services and my wallet wasn't in my bag I called home my wallet is in what I call the Barbara cupboard the cupboard that my adoptive mother Barbara gave to me many years ago where I keep my wallet I came out without my wallet now you wouldn't think this would be too much of a problem really as I'm staying with friends I can borrow some money from my friends and pay for the fuel to get me home in this thirsty V12 the problem is getting into Wales because the Severn Bridge is a toll and requires me to pay that toll to get in coming out you don't pay but going in you pay so I tried calling my cousin Mark who lives nearby but he's not nearby at the moment he lives in Gloucestershire but he's back in High Wycombe at the moment doing some stuff there so he wasn't able to help me out mercifully I saw two guys eating a burger next to a new Golf GTI so I went over to them luckily they were parked nearby the Aston Martin because if you think about it someone coming up to you at a service station is saying oh I need to borrow some money to pay the toll you know it sounds like a scam but luckily they saw me getting out of the Aston and when someone gets out of a car that costs £130,000 it's a reasonable guess that they're not scam monkeys so uh, I explained my situation to these guys that I'd left my wallet and need the money for the toll and 
they said, wait a minute, I think I recognise you. I then had to explain, yes, I was that bloke off Kids Telly many years ago. And these two actually worked for Volkswagen. So they're into cars. They hadn't listened or heard of Gareth Jones on Speed, but I think I may have got two new listeners. I sincerely hope that actually his mate, who I think was called Connor, is listening to this now. And I am very grateful. They subbed me a tenner, and I promised I would pay them back via the gift of electronic cash transfer just as soon as I get to a machine that can do that. Man, that was a tricky, tricky, tricky situation. I do need to pay them back. I've got Ashley's phone number in my phone now. I must make a note of that and call him and get his bank details so I can pay him back. <laughs> Phew! So, apart from that, the journey was going well. The traffic opened up and I was able to enjoy the prodigious power that this lovely car is able to produce. It was great. I was sort of beetling along at uh, 45 or something. It was in sixth gear. It's got seven gears. It's never had a manual car with seven gears before. I was beetling along at 45, not particularly fast. The traffic restriction finished, and I put my foot down, and it just went from 45 to, that's not a legal speed, sir, very easily. I made a lovely noise in the process. What a lovely noise this car makes when you floor it. Listen. Oh, it's not going to do it now. Because I'm in the wrong gear. Hang on, let me change down a gear. Yes. It makes a lovely noise. And uh, you do have to be very mindful of this car. Because it's so planted, you don't realise just how quick you are going. And with a bit of a heavy right foot you could find yourself in big trouble with the police. So, I am being mindful, even though I'm slightly behind schedule now. I have the gift of the telephone. I can phone ahead and explain what's happened. So, I don't need to drive like a lunatic. Even though I could if I wanted to. <laughs> the distant sound of Black Welsh crows cackling. Do crows cackle? They don't, do they? Magpies cackle. I'm in my friend Ruth's garden in Llantwit Major in Glamorgan in South Wales. A lovely, quiet place to be. And the silence this morning was broken by the sound of that V12. Because I was woken up at 8 o'clock in the morning, Ruth said, Gareth, our neighbour Leighton and his son Theo are outside. They saw your car. I want to know all about it. Would you open it up so they can get in? <laughs> That's exactly how Ruth sounds. So I did. I got dressed, went downstairs and let them see the car and started it up. And They're quite car people, so they did enjoy it. But it's one of those things that gets people's attention, isn't it? A black Aston Martin quite a dramatic thing. I remember when I drove around in the Rolls-Royce, I got an awful lot of attention from people, and the same thing seems to be happening from this car as well. And people round here know the story that Aston Martin are coming to St. Athen as well, which is just a few miles away, and I've got to get over there now for this big event. 
I just realised I slightly undersold the car yesterday. I think I said it had 530 brake horsepower. No, it's got 565 brake horsepower. And it's 0 to 62 time, or 0 to 62 time, I should say, is 3.9 seconds. And once I did cross the Severn Bridge, once I paid my toll, I was able to verify that. I wasn't able to go much quicker than that because there was traffic in front of me. But that standing start to 62 was a wonderful thing to do in a car like this. It really, really, really makes a lovely noise and when I arrived the neighborhood all came out to see the car as I was reversing into Ruth's front drive there they heard the car even before I arrived around the corner they heard it and came out we heard it they said in their very Glamorgan accents and it evoked the same sort of response that a Rolls-Royce does you know people start cooing around it oh isn't it oh oh they want to stroke it oh it's lovely you know that's not a bad thing. Right, I'm going to go and drive my lovely car now over to St. Athen and witness the handover to Aston Martin of the St. Athen Super Hangar. Gareth Jones on speed! I don't know if you can hear that, but way over in the distance here at St. Athen is, I think, a Vulcan been warmed up and I don't mean the Vulcan bomber the Avro Vulcan because we're at an RAF base I mean the Aston Martin Vulcan suddenly it all makes sense oh they're blipping it getting here wasn't terribly straightforward the postcode that we were given has taken a whole host of Aston Martin drivers and stakeholders in the company to a little cul-de-sac in St. Athen that certainly isn't where this event is but now we're here at the event it's a huge place of course airfields are big spaces and I'm standing in front of this super hangar it is vast I reckon you could probably park one, two, three, four VC10s in this huge space in front of me I better go in and see what's going on this is rather exciting Oh, so is the sound of that Vulcan popping and crackling over there. There's some lovely cars here, by the way. Lots of Aston Martins, lots of Range Rovers, lots of Land Rovers, some Jaguars, some Mercedes. Yes, there's money here. Right, go in. Hi. Gareth Jones. I am, yes, I think. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Like my, one of my childhood. Oh! Blushing, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. What's your name? Marcus. Marcus, how do you do, Marcus? Good, You local then? Uh, just up in the valleys. Whereabouts? In Ronda. Uh, where though? Uh, Triochi. Triochi, yeah. Good yeah. yeah. thank you very much yeah. indeed. Yeah. I'm a foreigner, I'm a North Whalian, you oh, see. Right, okay. <laughs> Who are you working with? Uh, I make a podcast about cars oh, okay. called Gareth Jones on Speed. And, uh, speed yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't come to like the right thing. <laughs> How proud am I to see Aston Martin and the Rye Gork in the same space? They used to be English, now they're British. <laughs> Ta da! Thank you. Wow. I've come into a hangar. <laughs> it's enormous. Way down the other end of this hangar. 
there is a C-130 Hercules, yeah, tucked in the corner. And there's a Hawk next to it and a Spitfire next to it. They're playing up the Britishness, aren't they? But they're also flagging up the Welshness, as you probably heard. Either side of that C-130 is a huge, vast flag. One says Aston Martin, the other one is the Dreigorch, the Red Dragon. Yep, that symbol of my nation. Like I say, Aston Martin used to be English. Now they're British. Wow. What's going on here? A lot of people in suits. Lots of Aston Martins being explored by cadets and young RAF people. Oh, there's the big man himself has just walked past Carwin Jones, probably a relative, the First Minister of Wales. The thing we've got to a Prime Minister here. I should very much like to have a word with him if that's at all possible. I wonder if I could just stick my head in. That would be wonderful. Stand by. He's deep in conversation with a suited gentleman who probably represents Aston Martin, so I won't interrupt at the moment. What I might do is go to the loo, grab a coffee, and see if there are any other journalists here who I may have met or worked with before, and get a word from them on the programme. Look where the loo is. Priorities. Yep, found a toilet sign. I won't record the visit to the bathroom. I'll pause here, if I may. Thank you. And you're back in the room. I'm going to go and plumb for Carwin Jones first, because if there's anything I've learnt over the years, that if you want to grab something, grab it early before the opportunity goes away you think I'll get it in a minute and then the opportunity goes so I'm just going to bowl in if I may My name's Gareth Jones Uh, I I make a a podcast called Gareth Jones on a free car podcast I was wondering if I could have a small word with Mr Jones at some point Yeah, you probably could We're Hello there, Jo. This is Jo Sabre, she's the first Mrs. Press Officer. Jo, you're the right person. My name's Gareth Jones. I make a podcast about cars. I was wondering if I could get a short word with the First Minister at some point. Yes, I think he's... I'll ask him, obviously he's travelling at the moment, and then he's obviously involved in the speeches. So there'll need to be an opportunity afterwards. Or I'll see if I can grab him beforehand, if you're just going to be arrived. Yeah, if I could do it earlier rather than later, because I know it'll be a kickball and scramble later, won't it? Yeah, what sort of thing would you want to speak to? Uh, about? What this means to Wales, yeah. how we manage to lure a great name like Aston Martin to this country and what Wales has to offer in terms of skill sets and uh, what it will mean for industry in Wales. What did you say? Um, Gareth Jones. Uh, no, you're um, the podcast. Gareth Jones on speed. On speed, yeah. oh, there we go. We're not always terribly serious, <laughs> but we do have our serious moments. <laughs> Yeah, a few journalists and very important people here, you know, Welsh government development ministers here. Nice to see him wearing a Welsh dragon pin crossed with the European flag. That's the sort of thing 
I do. Also, Andrew Frankel here, the well-known motoring journalist. But just had a short chat with Kevin from Aston Martin, who tells me that two cars are, in fact, going to be built here. Not one. I didn't realise, but they're going to build the Lagonda, whatever that turns out to be. They haven't decided on the final design of it just yet. That's going to be built here, as well as the DBX. And they haven't just got one of these hangars. They've got three, yeah, three enormous spaces. And as Andrew Frankel observed, oh, so Aston Martin could, in theory, move lock, stock and barrel here. Yeah, now there's an interesting thought. I don't know if you've ever seen inside the bonnet of an Aston Martin, but it says, and built in England by Aston Martin. And the cars that are built here will say, and built in Wales by Aston Martin. Man, that's quite an important thing. Anyway, I've taken a position now down at the front of the event. There's a podium and a stage in front where I would imagine we're going to hear from a number of dignitaries, heads of Aston Martin and the head of Wales. So, I should be paying very careful attention. For the next half an hour, we were treated to speeches from dignitaries, led by Simon Sproul, head of marketing and communication for Aston Martin, who welcomed us all to St. Athens, and even started by saying good morning in Welsh. Already done. Uh, First Minister, Secretaries of State, Aston Martin employees, serving personnel, members of media, and distinguished guests on behalf of Aston Martin, welcome to Sydney. Nice to see that for the first time. Then we heard from Sir Michael Fallon, the Secretary of State for Defence, who explained why he was there. Well, good morning, Orija. It's a huge pleasure for me to be here in the Bay of Double to hand over, officially on behalf of the Ministry of Defence, a historic site to an iconic brand. Next to take the stage was Chief Executive Officer of Aston Martin, Dr Andrew Palmer, who told us of Aston Martin's ambitious plans for the future. Morning, I'd like to add my uh, own welcome for everybody joining us here today in St Athens. Boy, does that sound good. This journey actually started with the creation of our second century plan. This is our role now for the transformation of Aston Martin from a relatively modest manufacturer of small uh, of sports cars into one of the world's most respected luxury brands. Announced in early 2015, the second century plan covers a seven-year period and calls for both a total renewal of our current product portfolio and the addition of four new models. Today, Aston Martin makes three sports cars. By the end of the plan in 2022, we will have expanded our portfolio, comprising at least seven very different products. From our humble beginnings in a news house in London in 1913, Aston Martin has manufactured its iconic cars in various locations across England. When first production starts in St. Athens, every vehicle leaving this factory will bear the proud inscription, Hand Built in Wales. This is something to truly look forward to. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here.
also heard from speakers representing the RAF Benevolent Fund and Glamorgan Cricket Club, two organisations that will benefit from Aston Martin's patronage from now on. Then it was the turn of the Welsh political heavyweights. First, Alan Cairns, the Secretary of State for Wales. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here today as the official handover of the superhangers to Aston Martin. The handover is a culmination of much hard work and effort by many. Wales, as part of the United Kingdom, is a globally minded, outward looking nation. And Aston Martin, globally minded, outward looking company. Perfect fit. Final speaker before the actual ceremonial handover was Carwyn Jones, the First Minister of Wales, who of course spoke initially in Welsh. the First Minister managed to mention Welsh car maker Gilbert and then went on to speak about visiting motor shows when he was a young man. This suggested he was a bit of a car enthusiast, something I was able to put to him myself when I was lucky enough to secure an interview with him after the speeches. First Minister, you are the first political leader I think we've had on Gareth Jones on speed. <laughs> right. Under the guise of being a car man, are you a car man? I was car mad when I was a kid. I remember going to the motor show... It was 1973, the Allegro was launched there, and loving all the cars there. And you know, I remember going through all the catalogue of the cars as well, and playing top trumps as well. I remember we knew all the stats of every car and plane, I think that was around at that time. And yeah, so it's, it's great to be able to see the Aston Martins here today, and great to think they're going to be made in Wales. That's not only significant for Aston Martin, but significant for Wales as well. Like you mentioned yeah. Gilburn in your speech. You know, you've got to be a car man if you know the history of Gilburn. Yeah. Um, is this the start of something? Are we going to see other car manufacturers coming to Wales as well? Well, TBR, of course, have already announced that they're, they're coming. We've had a good reputation over the years of manufacturing components, engines particularly, but, of course, never assembling cars. And the fact we have an iconic world brand that sees Wales as a natural place to manufacture is important and of course the fact that they're going to put hand-built in wheels on the cars and they see that as a selling point that shows how far we've come from being seen as a bit of a low-wage, low-skill economy 25 years ago to an economy now that generates high-quality jobs for people not just in the automotive industry but elsewhere as well You'll be aware of River Simple who are building a hydrogen fuel cell car in mid-Wales that's symptomatic of the trend in the motor industry things are changing alternative fuels and battery electric cars is that something we're well placed to develop here as well well the hydrogen fuel cell was invented in wales but that's not good enough unless you're going to develop it as well uh, and it's good to see river simple doing that we know the chinese are putting a lot of research into hydrogen cells because of the problems that they have with air pollution we know, for example, that uh, we expect to see greater range on hybrid cars and electric-only cars in the future, with the batteries getting smaller as well. And in the next 10 or 15 years, I suspect there'll be incredible development in hybrid and electric as well. And we want to be at the forefront of that. 
How is the support infrastructure for hydrogen and recharging of electric cars going in the nation? It's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it, with this? You need to develop enough cars in order for the infrastructure to be put in place. I think with things like this, you have to look at putting the infrastructure in place first. I don't think really the charging infrastructure is quite there yet. Like driver hybrid, it's not that easy to charge because there are so many different adapters. That's part of the problem. So there needs to be a bit of consolidation on that front. But that'll happen in time. We've seen it in other areas of manufacturing as well. But I've no doubt that the two things will run together, that the infrastructure will be built along with the cars. There's no doubt Wales is well-placed with our engineering background. Uh, yeah. We've got the talk of TVR coming yeah. for the country soon. You must be thrilled that Wales is engaging with the motor industry. Yeah, I mean, look, there was a time when we wouldn't have dreamt about having major marks assembling cars in Wales. And for Aston Martin to see Wales as the place to come, you know, beating off competition from 19 other sites, that's a tribute to how far we've come. First Minister, Arverchok, Ichwerwoch, and then to complete the set, I felt it was prudent to talk to the president and CEO of Aston Martin, Dr. Andrew Palmer. Dr. Palmer? Yes, hello. My name is Gareth Jones. I make a car podcast called Gareth Jones on Speed. Oh, yes, of course. This is huge for Wales and equally significant for Aston Martin. I think it's clearly an important part of our history. Our history spans 104 years. But I think there's two things happening here. You're coming to a new plant. I mean, we think about the number of plants that we've had over the years. This is maybe the, the fifth of the significant ones but also entering into a new sector, the SUV sector. And, of course, this will also be the home of Lagonda. So there's a whole bunch of things that means that this is, I think, is one of those important, really important milestones in the history of the company, and I think, hopefully, in Wales. This is central to the growth of Aston Martin, you know, a facility. You've got three hangars here. How much work are you going to be doing here? It's essentially assembly. A lot of the components will be brought in oh, from no. elsewhere. No, 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 no. We're very vertically integrated, so you'll be getting pieces of raw aluminium coming in one end of the factory and then converted into cars at the other end of the factory. We hand-built all of our cars, very little robotics. We make a lot of the trim ourselves. And yes, there will be suppliers, and hopefully suppliers from around this local area. But predominantly, we do the manufacturing all in-house. It's a cultural leap for Aston Martin. You've always been British, but you've always been an English company. Yes. How will this alter the perception or indeed the culture of the company? Because companies carry culture, don't they? They do. And I've had 38 years' experience in the motor industry and uh, I've seen a few things. And one of the things I always delight in is being able to go to the next new factory, the underdog, if you will, and say, you know what, Gaiden is what good looks like. Now beat them. And then hopefully that raises the game in Gaydon and you get a little bit of friendly competition between the two plants as to who's the best. So having more than one plant, in my view, is really good. And having the nice little banter between the English and the Welsh is also rather nice, isn't it? Will this mean the end of the relationship with Graz in Austria? Is the stuff that you were doing there going to take place in the UK from now on, perhaps? Um, that's, all, that's all been stopped. The Rapide that was manufactured in, in Graz has all been repatriated back to Gaydon. 
So all of our sports car manufacturing is in Gaydon. All of our large car platform will be in St Athens. I just made a documentary for BBC Wales called The Tale of Two Welsh Cars. We told the story of Gilburn and of River Simple, who are building a hydrogen fuel cell car in Mid Wales right now. I'm thrilled at the prospect in two years' time being able to make a sequel to that programme, which includes Aston Martin. Well, we look Thank forward you. to inviting you. Well, I'll be here. Thank you very much indeed for the invitation. I'll, I've got you. that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. That's it for now, but join me for a guided tour of the new Aston Martin plant here in St. Athen, featuring a room full of some of the most important Astons ever. And the journey back to London in that lovely V12 Vantage S. All that and more in the next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, available in your ears 48 hours after this one. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>